You are engaging in thuggish, oppressive, unconstitutional behavior. Officer, you need to repent of your lawless conduct. You can say Jessica's guilty, someone's paid a fine, she's out of here. Well, the good news of the gospel is God can let you go, he can dismiss your case, forgive your sins, commute your death sentence, because that's what you're under at the moment. The Bible says the soul that sins it shall die, okay? I know you think this is funny, I don't, this is deadly serious, because you could die tonight. One Christian before said something that stuck with me and I'll never forget it. He says this, the culture around you is the report card of the church. The culture around you is the report card of the church. How are you doing? All right. Hey guys, what's going on? It's so great to, uh, to be here and uh, have you guys here listening to this podcast here. Uh, this is the Gospel Truth, and I am Josh Lucas, Director of Youth Ministries at First Reformed Church in Sibley, Iowa. And again, I am just so excited uh, to be able to bring you this uh, next episode of the Gospel Truth. Um, there's so many things are going on and happening right now. Um, but uh, I really want to make sure that I'm trying to stay on top of this uh, this uh, series uh, with all the episodes and everything, uh, especially when we're talking about youth ministry. Um, and I also have a little bit of a, an exciting announcement here as well. Uh, I was talking with my wife, Hannah, and if you don't remember Hannah, she was on an episode where her and I talked about Christians celebrating Christmas. If, uh, if Christians should celebrate Christmas and, uh, and Hannah and I just had a really good discussion and shared, uh, both of our views on it and even how, uh, she used to be, um, uh, on the side of saying that Christians should not, uh, celebrate Christmas or at least, uh, celebrate or, or at least, uh, um, share some of the fun, uh, like with Santa Claus and things like that. Um, and we just had a really good conversation there. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode, but I told Hannah and I, and I had a conversation about, uh, with her about this, that I really think that there's a lot of Christians out there that are really struggling in their marriages and, and even just in general, marriage is kind of a, um, a big hot topic right now, especially within the Christian world right now. Um, just things that I've seen personally, uh, within the church, even within my, uh, when my personal life with like friends and family and things like that. Um, uh, it's just, uh, I think it's an important uh, topic to talk about. So, um, with that being said, Hannah and I are going to be hosting a sort of, uh, it's going to be still the gospel truth, but it's going to be a whole nother segment that is purely on marriage. Um, so her and I, Hannah and I, we come from, uh, very different backgrounds and distinct backgrounds, but, uh, but it, I think it'll be really important and amazing for you guys to hear the different perspectives that her and I have on marriage and, um, uh, and we're not going to be claiming to be experts in anything, but it'll be, uh, just a good way for us to hopefully share, uh, the things that we've dealt with in our lives and just share in the ways in which we have had a very amazing marriage, uh, so far 
and uh, and hopefully we'll be able to bless other young couples as well, or even individuals who are thinking about marriage um, and uh, really helping them through those different things. So be on the lookout for that. Um, that'll, that should be airing, uh, sometime this week. Um, so we'll be basically be releasing two episodes essentially per week. Uh, one will be for, uh, the youth ministry series and the, 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 the gospel truth theology basically area. And then, uh, the second, uh, sub show would be, will be on marriage. So the gospel truth on marriage. And hopefully we'll have another cool little name for it. Um, but yeah, be on the lookout for that sometime this week. Uh, but we'll be happy to, to, to be with you and hopefully you'll join us for that. But today, um, I want to get back into the discussion of youth ministry. And, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks I first introduced the idea of youth ministry and my, my feelings and my background for youth ministry. And then uh, last week, uh, I talked about the idea of games uh, being played during youth group and how how we should, um, you know, we should be playing games or doing some type of, you know, fun activity in youth group, but, but we shouldn't be making the games or the fun the centerpiece of the youth group. Um, it needs to be our study. It needs to be the, the, the essential, the essential core is Christ and, uh, and Christ's word. So, but today I want to dive in to the hot topic of essentially the cool factor. Um, and there's, there's different aspects of the cool factor. So hopefully you'll be able to, to follow along with me when I say this. Um, but when I'm talking about the cool factor, what I'm essentially talking about is, is your youth group fun? Is your youth group hip? Is it cool? Is it, uh, is it relaxing? Is it, you know, all these different ways that they're being labeled, but essentially the cool factor is, is, is as a whole, like it's, it's overall fun. Let's call it fun and cool. So one of the biggest issues that I have with youth ministry is that I meet a lot of youth pastors who try to tell me that the very first thing that they want to do is, uh, make sure that the kids are having fun. Okay. Now I want you to hear me on this. I, I can understand what people are saying on the ground level with this. I mean, you don't want, you know, the kids to just be bleak and bored all day long. Um, but I do believe that youth pastors typically nowadays, what they're basically doing is they're sacrificing the, uh, they're sacrificing scripture as a whole to basically uh, be more fun and to try to attract more people that way. And I fundamentally think that's what he's, what's even happening in the church, is that we are focusing so much on making everything relevant, quote-unquote, and making it modern, making it cool, making it fun, that, that the, the essential... Uh, the material that we're 
that we're bringing out is not biblical. Um, we may be talking about the Bible. We may be talking about accounts from the Bible, but the way that we're doing things and the way that we are portraying our group and the way that we're presenting the gospel and presenting the Bible is not biblical. So what do I mean by that? Uh, like I said before, it, it, it goes into, first it goes into the games, I think, uh, that uh, that if your group is so focused on games and it's not focused on scripture and study and preaching and things like that, then yeah, you might have a very fun youth group. It might be really fun and kids will be like, yeah, this is so much fun. I love coming here, but they're not getting anything out of it. And I think that's something that youth pastors, pastors, elders, deacons, ushers, whatever it is, we need to understand this, is that there's this this phrase that uh, preach the gospel and use words if necessary. Preach the gospel and use words if necessary. That, that phrase drives me nuts. Actually, to the point where I purchased a sweatshirt auto, off of reformsage.com. Highly recommend that, reformsage.com. They got a lot of great details and a lot of great things to sell. But I bought a sweatshirt off that. That actually, they took that phrase and they reworded it. And it says, preach the gospel, use words, it is necessary. So it, it, it's changing it, it because because the phrase preach the gospel, use words if necessary. What that phrase is basically saying is, oh, you, you don't have to use the words. You don't have to preach the gospel. The gospel is not uh, words. The gospel is an action. Well, that, that, that's not scripture. That's not what the Bible tells us. Yes, the Bible tells us that we need to show the love of Christ and we need to love our neighbor as ourselves and we need to do you know good works and, and do certain things like that. But nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to not preach the gospel. And that's how we preach the gospel is by telling people we use words. The gospel is a message. It is it is words. Um I can't remember the last time that I preached the gospel and didn't say anything. It's almost impossible to do that. Um, and so with that being said, um, in youth group, I think that's one of the key areas that really gets missed when it comes to not using words when we're preaching the gospel. A lot of, a lot of pastors, youth pastors, whatever, they tend to think that they want to create a safe environment, a fun environment that will also hopefully encourage the kids and get them plugged into a church. Well, here's the thing. If they're not getting the gospel, they're not getting the gospel. If, if, if all you're doing is playing games with them and you're not doing any Bible study, you're not teaching scripture they're not getting the gospel. They're not getting anything out of it. All that they're getting out of it is fun. That's all that they're getting. And let me prove this to you. Let me, let me reveal why. When I first started in youth ministry, um, especially here in Iowa, actually, when I first started here in Iowa, I asked the kids, and I even asked the leaders that were helping me with this, I said, what is the biggest problem that you think is, is existing here 
in this youth group. And here was the response from both kids and the adult leaders. All we do is we play games. We don't study the Bible. We don't learn anything. All we do is we come down here and we play games for about 45 minutes. And then we have like kind of like an in, in inspirational talk for like about 10 or 15 minutes. And then we're released. And then we go. So when I got here, I was not like that. I was not about that. I had been way past that side of ministry for, for quite a while now. Uh, when I first started in ministry, I was not. I was under the impression that we had to have games and we had to have fun and we had to do all these things. And then the scripture stuff would come later. You know, but first let's get them into the door. Let's first, you know, do free food and do game night and do whatever. But then, then once we started getting them regularly, then we'll start doing the Bible or, or start doing study or whatever. And that was just, it wasn't good. But when I first moved here to Iowa and I first started here in youth ministry, uh, there was quite a few kids here. There were. But then as soon as I revealed that... No, we're not going to play games anymore. Uh, we may play a game and do an activity, but overall, we're going to do deep, exegetical preaching and studying of the Bible. I had kids that left because of that. Parents would call me and tell me that, no, 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 we, we can't have that. If you have that, kids aren't going to want to come. I said, well... If all that they're coming for is just for fun and games, then they're here for the wrong reasons. This is how I do ministry. This is this is how I, I typically... Well, it, essentially anything that we do within the church or within the youth group, I don't want to stand before God on Judgment Day and get asked the question, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you try this? If that message, if that sentence makes sense. I just don't want to stand before God and especially when he judges the way that I've been, you know, doing ministry, doing, uh, you know, running the ministries that he has, um, entrusted me with and to say that you didn't do anything or the things that I was stirring you to do, you didn't do. So that's the way that I, that I do things here is that study is first, the Bible is first, then everything else comes after. Um, uh, so with, even though that we may start things off with a game, so I don't mean physically or literally, but the focus is not going to be on the game. The focus is going to be on the Bible and on the study. And you will more than likely you lose kids when you do that. Sadly, that, but that's just the reality of things. We even see that here in the church, uh, in, in quote unquote adult church, right? Um, is that people want their ears tickled. Scripture even tells us that too, that people are going to want to just have their ears tickled and just be told what they want to hear. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear, uh, the hard truth about, their sinfulness and about righteousness and all these other things. They don't want to hear that. They just want to come hear an inspirational message for about 30 minutes, 45 minutes, worship, sing a couple of songs, and then do some prayers and hear some announcements and then go home. 
that's what worship sunday morning worship has sadly come to in the west in the in the united states and even in different countries i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm i'm sure that that this is a worldwide deal sadly but uh yeah enough about that let's move on to to the second uh to the second part of of this uh of the fun factor the other part is essentially trying to be the kids age what i mean by that is i'm 29 years old and the kids that i'm ministering to range from the ages of 12 all the way up to 18 and even i even have some college kid college age kids so um but those age students and things they're not much younger than i am but when it comes to my high school and junior high students they range from about 12 to 18 um and i feel like there's a lot of youth pastors out there that try to think that we have to essentially act like them we have to talk like them we have to look like them we have to act like them in order to effectively do ministry to them which is 100% wrong because here's the thing you are in a position of authority kids are not going to take you seriously if you look and talk like them they're not going to look at you as an authority figure they're going to look at you as a peer maybe as like an older brother okay and you don't want them to think that you're their older brother because then that's going to lead into disrespect. That's going to lead to uh, moments of, of maybe hatred or anger or whatever the case may be. You are their pastor. You are their authority figure. Now, I'm not saying you need to get into a suit and tie and come to youth group like that. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm not even saying that you can't wear a t-shirt or you can't wear shorts or you can't wear flip-flops or you can't wear none of that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm simply saying is that quit thinking that the only way to minister to your kids is for you to act like them, look like them, and sound like them. Okay? I've gotten into the, this... Uh, this mess a lot of times where I try to change my voice to make me sound cooler. So for instance, don't make fun of me, don't laugh at me, but this is what I would do. Alright guys, so here's what we're going to do, alright? So um, we're going to be uh, doing youth group tonight and here's what I want you guys to do, alright? I want you guys to be thinking, alright? I want you guys to be thinking about Jesus, alright? Thinking about your relationship with Jesus and just thinking about uh, what, it, what, it, what, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, alright? So just, just think about that for a moment, alright? Now let's, let's just pray before we get into this, alright? I'm not kidding you, that's how I sounded. I would change my voice. I would try everything in my power to sound cooler. I would come to youth group like all dressed up. I would even wear cologne to try to impress these kids, right? I was I was putting my focus so much on the outward appearance that that I was losing the inward focus. Right, so I was putting so much emphasis on being cool and being hip and relevant or whatever that I missed the mark. 
Because here's what I truly believe. I truly, truly, truly believe this. Because I have peers that are youth pastors, okay? And I can guarantee you 100%, 100%. See, I already started getting into that, started getting back into that mentality. 100% that we do not look, act, or even sound the same at all. I have one youth pastor friend, very dear brother of mine. I'm so excited to be doing ministry with him. I love him dearly and I love his family. I'm excited to be doing ministry with him. But him and I do not dress the same, right? And this is not to say that that he's doing it wrong or anything like that. I highly commend him for the way that he does it. Let's see me. I like being comfortable, I like wearing t-shirts. I like wearing my cargo. I'm so sad that right now I can't wear my cargo shorts. I want to wear my cargo shorts. I would wear cargo shorts year round if I could, but I'd have to move and I don't want to move. Whereas he, he wears the polos and I wear polos too, but he wears polos all the time and he wears slacks and he, and he wears jeans and all these things. And I, I'm not, I'm not about that, but, but, and, and I want you to hear this. If you look at both of our ministries, probably almost identical in in the realm of uh, the the material that we're presenting, because he and I are very like minded in the way of going. No, we need to preach the truth. We need to do exegetical preaching. We need to do exegetical studying. We need to do all these things, and the other games and everything else. Those are secondary. Right, so him and I share a lot of different uh, similarities in that, but we look, sound, and act differently. Right, and then there's other ones, the same deal. But overall, it's actually the point where now, as a culture, we make fun of that look. That now that youth pastors have such a unique look, that it's the hipster. It it, <laughs> it was in um. Oh, uh, the the Spider-Man No Way Home movie, right? If you haven't seen that yet, it was at the part essentially where, uh, I mean, no spoilers here. I'm sure everybody's seen the movie already. Um, But it was at the part where now uh, in all the different universes, there there was all three of the Peter Parkers, the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and uh, Tom Holland, uh, they were all together. And they're all talking about things. And Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are talking to each other. And Andrew Garfield says, so where's your suit at? Are you just going to always just dress? Do you always dress like a, like a cool youth pastor? And he's got like the, 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 the tight, cool jacket on the, the plain long t-shirt and the nice skinny jeans. And I think he had vans on or converses or something. His hair was slicked back. Like he, yeah, he looked like the typical, uh, youth pastor but that's how our culture perceives uh that's how our culture perceives youth pastors is the cool hipsters and people wonder why youth ministry is not being taken seriously so finally brings me to my last point with the cool factor is essentially the 
almost like the wow factor as well. Like you're the cool youth group because you have the wow factor. It's not off of your, your, your study. It's not off of your material, but it's off of what you offer. So what do I mean by that? Now, of course, I want you to hear context on this, but overall it's what are you doing in youth group? So what is it that you offer? Um, one of the things that I recently started doing with my youth group, because um, I, I am actually a former uh, correctional officer as well, and part of my correctional officer training was I had to pass uh, uh, I, I had to pass um, self defense training and things of that sort, and that was something that I've always um, that I've always kind of wondered about was, you know, self-defense training and martial arts and things like that sort. And when I was in that position and I came and I came back and I started doing ministry in Iowa, um, I really realized that, that not only are, do we have students and things that aren't really ready for the real world, but are our students even ready for the physical realms of the real world? You know, with all the dangers that are out there of muggings and rapes and assaults or whatever the case may be. So one of the things that we started doing in our youth group was we started also offering self-defense classes. Even a part of the, 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 the youth ministry, the, the youth group study and how it pertains to some of the studies that we're doing. Um, now, of course, we haven't gotten any, I'm not saying there was anything uh, that uh, that we gained from that or anything like members or whatever, but that's something that, that we do offer our youth group. But it is not who we are. It does not define who we are. It's just a perk, a one, one little thing that we do. And it's something simple. It's not... You know, we don't spend 45 minutes on this or anything like that. It's a simple like, hey, 10 minutes, let's do this training. We're going to show you this move and then we're going to move on and, you know, and move on with the lesson. Um, but what is it that you offer? Do you offer free food? Do you offer uh, free drinks? Do you offer a coffee bar? Do you offer uh, video games? Do you offer game boards? Do you offer... Uh, whatever the case may be, what is it that 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 you offer in your youth group? Okay. I honestly believe and I feel like that youth pastors take this too far as well. Is where they put so much emphasis on the stuff and they put it on the wow factor that again, they're not... Uh, they, they may be bringing the kids in, but it's almost being a waste. So you bring in all these kids with the video games or the free food or the whatever, and yet there's no material being taught to them. And this is my point with the cool factor, all right? It's great if you want to do this. I mean, yeah, you're dealing with kids and, and you know, you got to, you got to make it uh, in some cases, interesting for them and keep them, you know, keep them going and things like that. Um, because sadly, this is not school. You know, sadly, they don't have to go to school. They're, they're not forced to go to school. 
or excuse me, they're not, they're not forced to come to youth group. They're forced to go to school. They don't have the choice. They have to go to school, but they can choose to not come to youth group. So there is that somewhat aspect of, you know, you want to make sure that you show why they need to be there, but that's going, that's going in and ministering to the parents, which we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but once you get them in, where do you go from there? Because here's the thing, and, and I want you to hear me on this. If you bring in a hundred kids with free pizza, free food, free games, whatever, and you don't give them the gospel, you don't preach the Bible, you don't teach the Bible or anything like that, you're not a youth group. And you know exactly what where I'm going with this. It's a country club. It's a cool social club. It's turned into an extracurricular activity. That's all that it is. So I want you to hear me on that. And I, and I hope that that sinks in. Is that we as youth pastors and pastors, elders, deacons, we have to take youth ministry seriously. Because we, we have to see what it is that these kids are going through right now. This is a pivotal time for, for youth. I mean, this is just a horrific time of history for the youth. I mean, they're literally at risk. And, not, and I'm not talking about gangs or drugs. I'm talking about they're at risk with the culture. They're at risk for losing their faith. They're at risk of turning away from faith and turning towards the world. I have seen far too many peers of mine and friends, family, whatever, that have fallen into the depths, into the snares of the devil and the lies and the deception and all these other things that the world has to offer. And they don't focus on the Lord because they weren't, they didn't take it seriously because they were surrounding themselves with people who didn't take it seriously. So pastors, youth pastors, I implore you with this. Run your ministry the way you want to run your ministry, but don't, don't sacrifice the truth of God's word and the meat and the beauty of God's word for the fun, the games, the, the wow factor, the cool factor. Give the gospel to these kids because that's what they need. They need the truth. They need it. Show them why they need it. And yeah, you're going to get backlash. You're going to get, you're probably going to get arguments and things like that. But that's what we need. That's what these kids need. They don't need another fun activity to go to. They have plenty of those things. They need the gospel. That's what they need. Next week, I want to, uh, or next episode, I should say, next episode, we're going to be talking about parents. Uh, so parents, this will be a good one for you to listen to, but even youth pastors and pastors, how do you encourage your parents to get involved with the youth group and to get involved with the church and things like that? Because that is an area that you also need to be highly encouraging with is parents at home.
But we'll get to that at the next episode. So please don't forget, uh, be on the lookout for the next episode, the next segment of the gospel truth when it revolves around marriage uh, with my beautiful wife, Hannah. Um, but I thank you guys so much for listening and taking the time to, to listen to this. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure that you like and subscribe and share this episode with your friends, your family, coworkers, churches, whoever. Um, I'm just so excited to see what God has in store for this podcast and what he's, where he's going to take it. Um, but this has been the gospel truth. My name is Josh Lucas. Thank you all so much. Have a blessed day and always be safe and make good choices. Oh,